0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard on a big day for Rangers. Michael Beale is the new manager, returning to the club to take over from Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. Elsewhere, the Scottish Cup fourth round draw takes place later with the Premiership teams entering after some big shocks over the weekend. And teams in Scotland won't head the ball the days before or after a game in training to help protect the players. I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight is one of those players, Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna. It's a worst kept secret in Scottish football. Michael Beale is the 18th manager of Rangers Football Club and a new era begins not only for Michael Beale but for the likes of Alfredo Morelos. Ryan Kent, what happens to them? What happens to the lone players? And can Rangers mount anything resembling a title challenge under Michael Beale after the World Cup break? Well, I've missed you guys and I've came back in with a new carpet, as Roger called it earlier <laughs> I, on. I, I was going to say it was the second worst kept secret in Scottish football after your new hairdo. I, I, I was t- I'm just looking at how he's trying to put those headphones on and react to the news that players in Scotland are now not allowed to head the ball in training. He's just ahead of the curve. How, how's it feeling? Well, how's the, foremost, the transplant gone? It feels great. Yeah, it feels great. Good, looks unfortunately, I can't head the ball for a month, so that means that Hearts will no longer be scoring goals to Cardinals. You're a trailblazer. Yep, exactly. Just when you'd started scoring goals from set pieces as well. Oh, don't worry. By the time the games are back, I'll be back on it Rod hey, Gordon sorry Anyway we've not had the pleasure of your company You've missed what As Roger says This is the worst kept secret You know yep. No one's turning on the radio tonight Surprised that Michael Beale is the new Rangers boss It's just confirmation of the news So how do you react to that? Uh, always felt as if he'd be the, the go-to Once uh, the news broke that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst was, uh, was getting the sack uh, Like Roger said It certainly was the, the worst kept secret Because it was Never out the headlines for the last week or so And Rangers will just be delighted to get their man And like Roger says What does that mean for certain players at the club? Does that mean you'll get a budget in January To fully strengthen what they've already got? But you know From first of hand I know how good a coach he is That's what I was going to ask You're you're the guy Is he any good Andy? You work with him Oh he's no bad I'll tell you that He's no bad But is he a good manager? Who knows? Cards close to his chest I'll get a bit more than that out of him Between now and 8 o'clock hopefully Or it's going to be a very long show 0141951 1025, come on then Rangers fans, after weeks of speculation, you've got the man, is he your man, is he who you wanted, how do you feel about that news tonight, are you jumping for joy, are you gutted it wasn't someone else, are you bang smack in the middle, however you feel, that's why we're here, to hear as many of those opinions as possible, so 0141-951-1025, quite simply, what do you make of the news that Michael Beale is the new Rangers manager? These shows are always big. These are big shows when Rangers or Celtic or any of our big teams appoint a new manager. These days don't come around all that often and today is one of them. So Rangers fans, how do you feel about Michael Beale being your new manager? Get in touch right now. 0141 951 1025. Quickly whilst we get the calls in. Scottish Cup weekend. That does not mean you're getting away with it. Your result of the weekend, Roger Hannah, go. Hey, back down to Ayrshire It oh, has to always. be There's going to be a big win tonight There's going to be a win for United tonight But at the minute All the bragging rights in the county Go to Darville oh, A fantastic win away At Montrose Who are a good going League One outfit And Mick Kennedy took Darville there And they scored five There is an esteemed colleague of yours Who hails from the mean streets of Drumchapel And he will be in touch In approximately 15 seconds If you don't make the right choice here Who are you talking about David Temple? Mr. Keevans 
Oh, true. Sorry. Well, listen, if you're in the seventh tier of Scottish football and you manage to topple League One promotion hopefuls, then yeah, the, the boys for the drum are getting my one, Roger. Happy with that. Okay, you'll have been doing your homework, studying hard. You were at a game, in fact, Roger. Any goal of the weekend that stood out for you? Uh, there were a few good goals at the weekend, but they all pale into insignificance compared to Vincent Abubakar oh, right. this morning. Does he play for Drum Chapel? He does not play for Drum Chapel. Although, listen, the way they're going just now, they can maybe throw in a bid for him before the World Cup's over. Um, a terrific, I don't know, what do you call that a lob? Do you a call scoop. that a scoop? It's got to be a scoop. A scoop. Yeah. Well, he scooped it in. He then <laughs> thought the offside flag had done him in, and then he finally got to celebrate because <laughs> VAR gave us a goal. A continental feel to the show for going World Cup goals, okay? Yeah, I tell you what, there's no way he tries that finish if he thinks he's on side. <laughs> exactly. so there's definitely a bit <laughs> of cheek in there, but I'm beating it. I'm Go beating it. it. Never mind the World Cup nonsense. nonsense. Andy Ryan in the Scottish yes. Cup. Go and look at his third goal, and that's not a scoop. That is a chip for his hat trick, and what a fantastic From finish. about 30 yards, no less. Minimum, I'll game 40. Uh, and Howler of the Weekend, before we get stuck in on the phones, Roger Hanna. Howler of the Weekend is down to Dundee Football Club. <laughs> I thought you meant Super to say that. Super Scoreboard sent me to Dens Park on Saturday for Dundee versus Airdrie. A wonderful 90 minutes of football. 2-2. Mm. Somebody's come up with this wacky idea to do away with replays. I have to sit... For another half hour And did he score four goals? Could they not get one Just in that <laughs> just added time? And I could have gone up the road early Had my curry booked I had to move my reservation But oh god Nothing worse Nothing god. worse Right Andy Halliday Howler of the weekend I've got to go I've got to stick up for open goal Don't I? I knew you I would I don't know if, if it's not seen hard, the When hearts aren't playing You need to forget your own other I mean I've got to Listen there. they've done so well Against Alwa The better team in the second half And to be given against a chest out the box be given handball in the last minute oh listen I was heartbroken mm. for them put so much into that performance and a poor decision and, and, and what about this what about this guy on Twitter who's claiming open goal pipe crowd noise into Broadwood for the this. game I you think it was just Andy Halliday with a, a loudspeaker but I'll, I'll even I'll agree with you on that we've had enough VAR handball drama no VAR in the Scottish Cup but there we go 0141 951 1025 come on down there's only one Big story that's just broken this evening And it is that Michael Beale is the new Rangers manager Gary's in East Kilbride How happy are you or otherwise with that news Gary? Hi panel, how are you doing? Uh, um, it wasn't my first choice uh, But I'm quite happy with the appointment uh, I think he'll come in Because he knows 95% of the squad It's going to be a seamless transition He'll come in and I think the first thing He should really be working on is the fitness Because uh, I feel over the past couple of months ever since the end of last season uh, the fitness just doesn't seem to be there like it was uh, I was saying to the producer there that basically last season there was uh, the point towards the end of the season where they played the two extra times back to back and looked pretty fit and then taken back this season and the way they've played so far uh, so I think that'll be the first thing and then the second thing is to get the, the horseshoe that Gio had in where it went from right back to centre back centre back to left back and then all the way back again uh, so I'm quite quite happy to see hopefully some attacking football for a change. Why was it not your first choice, Gary? And, and then who was? I would say because Netson from Bodo Glint, I was looking for quite a, a somebody out the box, somebody that's not been here before, just to give us something new and freshen up a wee bit. Uh, and he seems to be quite an attacking manager. Has worked on a smaller budget with Bodo Glint and done pretty well beating Roma, etc. So I'd have said he was probably my first choice, but I certainly am unhappy with uh, Bill being 
uh, a yeah. pointed today. Uh, Roger, this is where this is like, almost like a, a match prediction. I'm asking you to do the crystal ball, which is difficult. Just on the face of it today, gut reaction, whatever you want to call it. Do you think this is a good appointment? Do you think this is the right appointment for Rangers at this point? Um, I think Gary made an awful lot of good points. Um, I might well have looked at Kjetil Knudsen first as well. I think he has done an outstanding job at Bodo Glimp. Um, I've said in the show a couple of times before, there's a risk in any managerial appointment. I think when you appoint a manager who's at 21 or 22 games in his career and he's only won nine games as a manager, that is increasing the risk. But... Listen, there's no point There's looking at a Knudsen or looking at a Thomas Tuchel or a Claudio Ranieri or a David Martindale, as some of the callers have suggested. Michael Beale's the Rangers manager now. And, you know, the board have made the decision and only time will tell whether it's a wise decision or not. I think the point Gary made about the fitness is a valid point because Andy's better place than me to tell you this. He's done pre-seasons under Michael Beale's coaching. And, you know... A lot of what sustains footballers through the course of a season is what they get in the tank during pre-season. And I think what sustained them through a lot of those extra time games last season was built the previous summer under Michael Beale. So there might well be something in that, but you know, taking charge in November, how long does it take those players to get mm. back up to the levels that they were at before? Mm. It'll be fascinating to see. Well, interestingly enough, Andy, already reports this evening that Michael Beale took training today for mm. the returning Rangers players and that a conditioning session was part of it, fitness testing was part of it. Is that something you think Rangers need? And what will Michael Beale bring on that front? That's sort of Gary's concern. Yeah. Listen, I don't have the stats or the data to back it up. But I do think it's a fair assessment on watching Rangers this season because I do think one of the biggest issues that we spoke about multiple times is when the tempo's slow, they tend to struggle to break teams down. And you know, you look at David Martindale, you see the poster on the changing room after the wall where stay compact, stay in a shape. Rangers will probably just try and play in front of you, not really trying to disrupt the line. And we had a team like Livingston forcing wide to crosses in the box. So I think there is a fair argument that Rangers don't look as explosive as, as they were last year. Uh, and I think in terms of Michael Beale, like Roger says, I had a pre-season under him. It was right up there with some of the toughest pre-seasons I've ever done. Uh, but I think not only just try to improve the sort of overall fitness of the team, I think technically and tactically he's, he's a cut above a lot I've worked with. It's impossible to not reflect on what he did at the club previously, Gary, because as Roger says, he's only managed 21 games. So Rangers haven't recruited... Michael Beale because of those 21 games it's because of an existing relationship obviously so how do you look back on that and and, and how much of that gives you hope how much of it gives you maybe question marks about how you step up from assistant to main man yeah definitely there's some questions over is it the the cheap appointment is it the safe appointment because it has somebody that's already there that was another reason I was looking more towards Kuznetson uh, from Bodo Glint was because it was somebody different. But again, everybody has always said that under Gerard that they felt that Michael Beale was a tactical mind behind him uh, and Gerard was more the man-manager side of, of things. Uh, so I'm quite uh, looking forward to seeing what he can bring being the man in charge himself when he's getting to make the final decision because uh, there could have been possible times where he's went to Gerard and says no I think we should play this way and Gerard said no I want to play that way and it's it's maybe worked or not worked uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he gets on being his own man uh, regards to QPR he, he had them flying obviously at the start of the season and had a really difficult lead 
uh, league without a hell of a lot of uh, funds for himself. He built his squad mostly using free transfers. Uh, so again, that's that's pretty interesting. It'll be quite interesting to see if he dips into the same same market for Rangers. Right, Andy, time to put you under the microscope. We have the privilege of someone here who has worked under Michael Beale. So Roger takes a back seat. I keep hearing this. He's a good coach. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm sure there are lots of good coaches out there and lots of teams with, with good coaches. How good, then? How good a coach is he? Quantify that for me. And what is it that makes him so good? Why do we keep hearing this about his coaching ability? I think the main reason is I, I, I look at being a clo- coach if you're a player and I think clarity is the most important thing as a football player. Regardless of what position you play, your style of play as a team, what your role is within that system, I think clarity in your message just makes a, a player's job so much easier and I think when it was Steven Gerrard when it was Michael Beale I think every player knew exactly what their role was they knew what the style was they knew in terms of personnel who they were playing against who was the weakness who you were focusing on I think his attention to detail is incredible uh, I think his training sessions are, are remarkable as well and I see a lot of people saying yeah he's a good coach but can he be a good manager I don't really I don't really agree with that because I, I, don't, I think top managers are coaches now I look at Pep Guardiola he's a coach Jurgen Klopp's a coach I even look at Celtic Ange Postecoglou's a coach takes training sessions every single day so I think you know, like 10-15 years ago when managers didn't really get involved in training sessions I don't really think that happens anymore so listen is he a risk? yep I think anyone is but I actually think Roger says it's increasing mm. when you look at his, his, his results I actually think it minimises it because people on the board the players know exactly how good they can be so you think it's the clarity of the message that's the key I've often wondered this from the outside I mean how many ideas Are his ideas better than anybody else's Is that a thing Is there only no. so many ideas out there Or is it about how clearly you yeah. put them across Yeah I think I think his ideas are, are, are Listen I'm not going to say basic But I think it's ideas that a lot of people in football have right. But I think it's the information within that His attention to detail To make sure it's absolutely crystal key, uh, clear Like I said whether it's analysing opposition I think he'll see things that You know probably I won't see as a player And and you identify that and you work on that going into the game at the weekend. And for me, when I seen it was him that was being linked, I thought it was going to go over the line. And for the get-go, I always thought it was going to be a good appointment. Uh, it remains to be seen, of course, but I do think it will be. Absolutely. Let's thank Gary for his thoughts. Gary says he wasn't the first choice, but he's still happy-ish with the appointment. That's a fairly balanced way to start. What about you other Rangers fans? Where are you on the, the scale uh, in terms of reacting to that news today, Trevor is from Edinburgh. How do you feel about it, Trevor? Happy? Uh, evening, lads. Uh, yes, I'm happy, and I've got two quick points about Mick Beale, if, if I may. Um, while I'm happy he's here than now, I've got two concerns. One being, we've offered him a long, longer-term contract, just like we did with Geo. So if it goes south... You know, have we no learned our ways in that respect? Uh, and while I'm delighted he's there, if you two lads, uh, you three lads, had been the Rangers board uh, a year ago, and Aston Villa came in asking to speak to uh, Gerard and Co, I would have went, yeah, but we want to speak to Mick Beal first and offer him the position. What's changed from a year ago to now? Yeah, he was the he was a QPR manager before, but only for five months or so. They they knew what kind of guy he was. And they went through all this for nothing. So I'm delighted, but I've got a couple of concerns. Okay, Roger, why was he not asked to be Stephen Gerrard's immediate successor? Is one of Trevor's questions. Um, I think probably because Giovanni Van Bronckhorst was available. Um, he ticked a lot of the boxes that Rangers were looking for a year ago. And 
probably a year ago if we were having this debate and it was between Giovanni Van Bronckhorst and Michael Beale to succeed Steven Gerrard, I'm pretty sure 90% of the Rangers fans would have wanted Van Bronckhorst in the job. Um, There's there's an element of rewriting of history here. You know, people say, no, he was the brains of the operation during Steven Gerrard's time. Not all of Steven Gerrard's time was massively successful. You know, yes, they won title number 55, but I mean, we're not talking of an era where Rangers won three back to back trebles or anything, Gordon. And a year ago, before Steven Gerrard left to go to Aston Villa, you know, there were a few hiccups along the way, if you remember, at the start of last season. So Michael Beale's time at Rangers was not wholly universally successful. Mm. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how, you know, you know how we handle it in the training ground. Andy's told you, he'll be. Very creative, he'll do well, the players will enjoy it on the training ground. But being manager of Rangers is about a whole lot more than what you do in the training ground. And Andy mentioned, you know, the Guardiolas, the Klops, all of these guys. They're a lot more experienced and, and they handle their big jobs. You know, they've learned, Klopp learned at other clubs before he went to Dortmund and Liverpool. Um, I, I'll just be fascinated to see how all of this plays out. Why does that matter, Trevor? What What's... What's your thoughts on that? If you know your question mark about why he wasn't approached for the job previously, or, or if he was, I I hear I hear uh, Roger's comments, and I, 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 of course he's talking a lot of sense. But one thing I would come back to that is you just seen uh, well they had bad times with Beal uh, as as a coach at Rangers. You just need to see what happened when Beal left Aston Villa. The massive change, a massive difference. Um, it was only five months, guys, that he was literally uh, in charge. And while he was doing a good job, for the most part, with QPR, I don't think Rangers have learned a hell of a lot. If you'd asked me a year ago, I would have I would have picked McBeal over Van Bronckhorst. I was happy with Van Bronckhorst at the time. I'm not going to be hypocrite and say I wasn't. But he's obviously not done the job. And I think McBeal is, is the right man. And uh, let's say the long-term contract concerns me. The same thing happens again with Gio. We're in the same position where we need to pay someone. I don't know why we're offering really long-term contracts to, especially someone that's maybe not proved himself an awful lot at this stage. No, I, I, listen, I, I know Trevor is a three and a half year deal. They, these deals of clauses, in your way, but if if he was to depart the club after three days, you know, Rangers wouldn't be due to pay him three and a half years' money. There, there, there will be clauses in that deal that have been agreed between the two parties. You also have to show that you want your man as well, don't you, Andy? It's that, yeah. that balance if you go to Michael Beale, and I am not saying this is what Trevor's suggesting, but as an extreme example, if you go to Michael Beale and say, listen, we are desperate for you to be our manager, here's a six-month contract, yeah. it doesn't really send out that message, does it? Yeah, and listen, they'll, they'll see that he turned down Wills, you know, obviously a month or two ago, and it was a Premier League appeal, but... I think he even said earlier on in an interview that he would always love to come back and manage Rangers one day. So I think Rangers certainly went in with some confidence was, that they could get their man. Was that interview in the Loudoun Tavern? <laughs> it did look like that a couple of weeks ago, that's for sure. Um, quickly then, so who did what? When Stephen Gerrard was the manager, Michael Beale was his assistant. Who did what? What was the balance of responsibilities like? And how do you think it, how do you think it will be different or similar this time? In terms of how it will be different this time, I'm not too sure. But Michael Beale did... Let's just say most, certainly the majority. In terms of on-field training, he took not the warm-up, which I, I, I can't imagine he would, but everything, whether it was technical, tactical, uh, tactical mm-hmm. he took set pieces he didn't take. Uh, he took the majority of the meetings, so he was very, very hands-on as a coach, and I don't see that changing now he's a manager. It must be different though, Andy, because when you're a first-team coach, you can be the player's pal. 
you can, you know, have a great fun in the training ground with them and then you can, mm. you know, go away. And th- then when the nasty manager doesn't pick you at the weekend, th- you know, Michael Beale can put his arm around you and say, listen, it's okay, we'll get back, everything will be fine, don't worry about it. You're, you're shaking the man- your head. The, man- the, man- the manager's left you out here. I, 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 like I that. agree with you. He surely now... He cannot be the player's pal the way he mm. was when he was first team coach. Well, you know, he'll begin back to work with the Tavern. I think Andy's saying he wasn't, he yeah. wasn't like I that. Know, I agree with you, but he wasn't that man. I would say that was a Gary McAllister job, uh, role, sorry. So I think if if you ask me that about Gary McAllister taking the job, I say, yeah, that pretty much was his role. But Michael Beale was never that sort of player liaison, that hands-on, that sort of message between players and, uh, and coaches. He was pretty much very, very similar to, uh, to uh, Gerard. He was a bit more... Of, a, of an introvert a bit more distant um, so I don't think that will be really any different what I will say is in terms of you know dealing with players and because at the end of the day if you were chatting the door you weren't chatting Michael Beale's door you were chatting Gerard's door he's had that little experience even though it has been five, five, six months whatever it's been so he's got that bit of experience there but listen I think you'll be able to handle humans Thank you Trevor 01419511025 keep those thoughts coming in we'll get your call in next You the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday, fresh from his new hairdo in Turkey, is back with us. Roger Hanna, fresh from a trip to Dundee at the weekend. No difference. His hair as well. And the reactions are coming in to Michael Beale being named as the Rangers manager. 01419511025. Uh, you can tweet as well. As always, Amateus. Uh, is on says I think most Rangers fans will be happy a highly regarded coach a family man an honest good person it says it's a, a personal endorsement he's all the uh, attributes to be a fantastic manager I'm delighted to have him back on Twitter at Clyde SSB let's go to the phones been a f- so so a bit of a, I think most fans that have called in so far have been happy maybe not over the moon but happy uh, what about David uh, in Barhead how do you feel about it David uh, personally, uh, David Panel, how are you all doing? Hi, David. Right, right. Well, personally, I'm actually disgusted that I signed him because this is a man that left Rangers with Gerard and then he's left Queen's Heart Rangers and all the rest of it to come here. Now, under Gerard and Beale at Ibrox, they won nothing apart from that uh, league just sort of 10 in a row. And Gio Van Bronckhorst, now, in my opinion, Gio would be thrown under the bus here. That man got us in the European Cup final and it got us the Scottish Cup a week later. And I honestly, I'm, I'm disgusted. I, I really think that Rangers are going back 10 years here. I mean, you don't bring a guy that's left you just before you go to a, a European game. I, I don't care what he says. He says he loves the club or no matter what he does. I am actually disgusted that he's actually there. So because is this more because he left previously rather than because you don't think he's a good manager or what is it is it mainly the fact that he left that sounds like that's what's annoying you? No, 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 not at all, not at all. I mean, his last four games at QPR, he lost them. So if Rangers, if the Rangers boys are quite happy to bring a, a man in that lost his last four games, and if I if that's their ambitions, I'm sorry, but they're, they're going to go downhill. I mean. We, we, were, we were supposed to be trying to build this club up and we went through a high last year let's not be honest it's a very good high we were on know what I mean I went to Seville I spent five days on a bus you know what I mean and I came back and I was still on a high because we had the cup final to go to and see now honestly I just don't know what, I don't know what's going on this board 
I remember Dave King came out with a statement prior uh, to what he said earlier on. He says, if I was the chairman of the Rangers, I'd have sacrificed Europe for the league. But Rangers sacrificed the league for Europe. And that, that, that's, that's basically what I'm, I, I, I'm actually a golf match with a broken back. I, I really am. David, who was your man? Who was your man you wanted to replace Gio? Or, or was it more a case that you wanted Gio to, to continue? I wanted Gio to continue. I really did. See, see the ones that are playing football now? They're not playing football. They, 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 they're just not interested. See your uh, Morelos and your Kents. Get them away. If they're not interested in signing a new contract, just get them out. Or either that, if they want to get a sit on the bench for the rest of the season, put them in the B team and bring the life of your Lowry and, and things like that, you know what I mean? Bring the young boys in that are interested in the club. No ones that are, uh, no, I don't want to be here anymore. And I'm going to say something here, right? McGregor, brilliant goalkeeper. He should have, he should have stopped in a high last year when they won the, when they got the European Cup final and they got to, they won the Scottish Cup final. He should have left in a high. See, now he's going to leave in a low. That, that's how bad it is. I mean, I must admit, I was expecting a sort of wide range tonight of delighted, underwhelmed I, I didn't expect disgusted it was, a, it was just quite a strong take from David what did you make of it Andy? Well I, listen, I've not commented uh, I've not been on the show the last couple of uh, weeks since Giovanni Van Bronckhorst departure and listen see if you're looking at the face value I, I agree it's a harsh sacking he's got them to the European Cup final uh, the year before I think if you look at the league table it's not great but I think I look at it and I look at the manner of the performances I think it's not been good enough I think you take away the the 4-0 win at Tynecastle. Has there been many games where you've came away from it saying Rangers played very, very well domestically? I'm not too sure there was. Uh, in terms of European ask, listen, they had a, a terrible luck of it when the draw came out. But I think, again, more so than the results, I think the manner of the performances weren't great. And for me, I did feel as if it, it was coming. Uh, listen, I'm not going to say deserve to get the sack because, like I said, I do think it was harsh. But I think you could sense it coming, especially with that sort of last month they had with the, the draw uh, at Livingston and the defeat against St. Johnson. But I think in terms of performances, I think there's been loads of them. But I do think there were so many times we just came in on Monday said, you know what, Rangers didn't play great, but they sort of scraped over the line and got the three points. Might, he might and have caught up with them. Think about it, he might actually have gone a game earlier if you hadn't deliberately missed that sitter. I've heard that on, the, on well, the Wednesday yeah. night, so... Uh, now we can look back on it um, Roger David's not happy I think that, that's an understatement What's unavoidable And fascinating at the same time Because Michael Beale's been there before We're basically having to look back And it's quite simple If you thought Stephen Gerrard and Michael Beale did a good job Then you're happy to see him come back But if you didn't think they did such a good job You won't be as happy And we are then you know, the only way to sort of win that person round, like David or whoever else, would be to go back and try and convince them that it was a good job in the past. Well, Michael Beale was only appointed an hour and a half ago, and it's already been the appointment's already been described as disgusting. So it shows you how short honeymoon periods That's can Glasgow, be in, in, in Scottish football. I think even Daz's honeymoons lasted longer than that. Steady. Um, only time will tell. I know that's a dull answer. Only time will tell whether this is a good appointment. Or a bad appointment um, The decision's been taken Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has left the building um, There's been plenty of Rangers supporters On this show in the last few weeks Demanding that that happen So it has happened They've got their way A lot of them want Michael Beale in So he is in the building And it could be an inspired appointment By the Rangers board 
or it could go completely the other way. Fortunately, we won't have too long to find out because come December the 15th, that Hibernian game at Ibrox, and then a trip to Aberdeen, a trip to Dingwall, your beloved Motherwell, and the small matter of Celtic at Ibrox in January the 2nd. That is a baptism of fire for the new Rangers manager. It is a bit bizarre, Andy, because like I said, the time to ask... Did Stephen Gerrard do a good job at Rangers? I mean, I thought we'd had those discussions <laughs> a year ago, uh, but we're kind of back there. And I keep hearing, depending what side you sit on, what David was getting at was one trophy in nine, so why are we so buzzing about Michael Beale coming back? Other people would say, okay, but a bit of context, that one trophy, how important was it? And look at Rangers on the day that those two left versus the day that they walked in, you know, progress, whatever you were there for. A lot of it. How do you, without going, without taking us back in time? Yeah, I, I think both can be true. You know, one trophy in nine isn't good enough, but I do think he's still done a good job. Because uh, listen, who thought Rangers were going to win the league when they won uh, that fifty-fifth title? No one. I don't think anyone would have predicted it. So to do that was still a good job. And I think the pro. I always think you know you've got to look at the situation a manager went into. Uh, went into sorry. In the situation when he left I mean if anyone can tell me That Steven Gerrard Didn't progress Rangers Over that period of time They're lying to themselves And I think the progress In Europe they made And then obviously domestically Try to get closer and closer To Celtic To ultimately then Win that 55 title And li- listen it's all hearsay But when they left The football club seven po- Was it seven points Between them and Celtic At the top of the table So there was a, a possibility That they went to win the league Again that year So I think both can be true Okay, thank you, David. I don't think David's happy. That would be a, certainly an understatement. What about Gareth in Carlisle, though? Gareth, how do you feel about it? Um, it's a brilliant appointment, and I just hope I just want to say good luck to uh, Michael Beale, and hopefully we can just go forward. And just he needs to get uh, Morelos, Ken, if, if he needs to get them sorted out contract wise, and just let's get. Uh, winning ways again at Ibrox and, and away let's just let's just get behind the manager what makes you happy about the appointment what in particular do you like about him uh, I think he was the tactics behind Gerard. to be honest so just to continue that and just uh, as, as a manager now when he was a coach before but just I think he's, he's spot on and he, he just needs to like kind of just continue that and just Obviously, he's not got to be the, the players' mates and things like that. It's, it's completely different as a manager. How does yeah. this happen then, Andy? Because um, you ha- you've given us the facts. I mean, you, you were there. You're saying in terms of training, Michael Beale took 90%. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. Upwards of that? Yeah, correct yep. me if I'm wrong. Um, but then at the same time, I don't know if Stephen Gerrard still listens now that he's moved away. But if he does, he'll be going, hold on a minute. Did I not do anything up there? I, I like to think I was quite an integral part of it. How is all this being rewritten to this extent? You would you'd be forgiven for thinking Stephen Gerrard didn't do anything. I think Stephen Gerrard actually addressed the situation in his cell. I don't know if you remember the interview he done when he was sort of asked that question mm. and his answer was, I feel as if I've got one of the best coaches in Europe who's got 10 years more experience than me. Why would I not allow him to do what he's good at yeah. and I can do what I'm good at? By trying to recruit players, by trying to deal handle with players in day to day situations, and that, listen, that's the most important thing about a manager and something that Mick Beale's going to have to deal with now. Getting the right backroom staff in that deal with situations that you're maybe not as strong in. So it, I don't know if they announced the backroom staff. I think 
Neil Banfield was one that was, was yeah uh, I think it's said to fl- I don't think they're officially in I could be wrong uh, but it looks like um, Damien Matthew Neil Banfield and Harry Watling from QPR Roger is that your understanding um, yeah I think so Thing they're going to be the bankroom staff that are going to come in. It's not surprising Michael Beale wants to put his staff in. Stephen Gerrard brought his own staff, including Michael Beale. They all went with Gerrard to Aston Villa last year. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst brought in all his Dave Voss, Roy Mackay, all the rest. They're now going out. So this is the way a lot of managers do it nowadays. You know, they 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 come as a you know a box set almost. So these are the guys that Michael Beale will trust to do the work behind the scenes at the training ground. You, you might find that, you know, Andy's spoken about what a great coach Michael Beale is. You might find that he now has to delegate a lot of well, that that's what was to, in, to yeah, the that's guys what was... coming because whether he likes it or not, he is going to have a lot of his time taking up dealing with half-wits like you and I, Gordon, asking him questions, you know, ahead of games, after games, in between games. Um, he'll have, you know, he'll deal with Ross Wilson over recruitment, mm. he'll deal with the board over finances and other matters. He will find that you know that, that Stephen Gerrard actually did do other things while he was, you know, training Andy yeah. and the other guys in the, in, on the grass. So, what was what was Stephen Gerrard's strength then, Andy? Was he a good man manager? Was he the disciplinarian? Yeah. Was he the authority? You've yeah. just named all three of them, right? Yeah. So, can Michael Beale do those three things? I think he can be. I've not got the experience of a manager sure. that he is, but I do think he can be because, like I said, he wasn't that. Joyful coach that was in amongst the players, he still had an aura about him, he still had a level of respect. So, I don't think it's sort of any different. I mean, if if you never knew if he was a coach or the manager and you went to watch a training, you would say that's that's a manager there, you know, with the way he acts, the way he deals with players. So, I don't think it's any different to how he's going to approach it. But, but at that stage in Rangers' development, having Stephen Jenner there was really important because a lot of the players who signed for Rangers. Stephen Gerrard had that sort of wow factor for them. They're going, mm-hmm. Stephen Gerrard wants to sign me. Now, I'm not going to say they wouldn't have signed for Michael Beale had Michael Beale been Rangers manager at the time, but Stephen Gerrard's reputation, his presence, uh, what he had done in his playing career, that brought a bit of a wow factor for potential signing. So Stephen Gerrard was very, very important at that stage of Rangers development. Thank you, Gareth. 0141-951-1025. Great time to call because if you do it right now, you could be up next. 0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna are here. You can tweet us, you can call us, you can email. I can't promise I'll read it, but do your best to get in touch because I always like to get your reaction. Uh, to any big story and today is certainly one of them if you're just joining us Michael Beale, the new manager of Rangers on Twitter Thomas Bryce says uh, what's not getting a mention tonight when we're talking history no one ever gave Rangers a hiding we were always competitive every player knew their role and had belief and that comes from the side of the park is that one of the main things that looks to have been missing Andy is that one of the main things Michael Beale will have to install in terms of the defensive record uh, well, th- two things in the tweet. I think not getting battered the way this the, the Rangers team did against maybe Celtic a couple of times, Champions League perhaps a different challenge, uh, and every player having a bit of belief in their role. He says, "Yeah, and I, listen, I think in terms of defensive record, it gradually got better under Steven Gerrard and Michael Beale until the you know that 
season we spoke about when they won the, the, the league t- title in number 55 I think they only conceded something remarkable Roger do you remember because you're the most the best attrition in the world yeah, I think it was something like 15 or 16 yeah, goals yeah, throughout think, the full campaign yeah, that league. sounds to me like he didn't know and he's just agreeing yeah, with you there did, but yeah. carry on but, so I think that will be a, an area they'll try and improve but listen I think it's you know, it's scoring goals as well creating chances I, I think there's there's a number of things but listen will, will he get a, a pot of gold in January to stand from the squad who knows Let's bring in Alan and Falkirk. Alan, what's your take on it? Good evening, Pan. I hope you're well. Uh, you. I'm, I'm very happy that uh, Michael Beale's got the job, but as I'm saying to the producer there, my only concern is uh, this time next week or a week tomorrow is the club AGM. And we've got the same board that if you go with Dave King, Stephen Gerrard was let down by the board. If you take the last paragraph of Gio's uh, statement yesterday, he had his hands tied behind his back. So are we going to be in the same situation next week if the board remain? I don't know the voting structure, but it seems to be there is a big problem. Going backwards again uh, with the board, uh, they don't talk to the fans. We don't know nothing that's going on at the club. So are we going to be in the same position that Michael Beale is not going to get any money or has he been promised and then once he's in, he's not going to get? Roger? Well, it's been strange because Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has shouldered all of the blame for the problems this season and it's cost him his job. He, if Michael Beale was to come in and have the same results as Giovanni Van Bronckers had, then people might look further mm. into it. And does, other the, people, yeah, does the next guy get a bit more leeway then because of that? Is that the way that sometimes well, works? Well, well, yeah, you know, very possibly. Very possibly. It'll be interesting to see what happens, you know, People are asking, is there a pot of gold there for him in January? Whether it's in January or whether it's in the summer, Michael Beale will need money. There's no doubt about it. You can't build squads. You can't do anything without money. Um, there are nine players out of contract in the summer, so the scope will be there. Um, it might not be dissimilar to when Ange Postacoglu came in at Celtic 18 months ago. There was a lot of players leaving the club. He had a lot of scope to rebuild the squad over two or three transfer windows. Um, he's done it very successfully But Celtic As a board Have stood up And given him the money To rebuild that squad Both in terms of Transfer fees And in terms of wages And if Rangers Are going to have any Aspirations To catch Celtic Not just in this Premier League title race To keep up with Celtic Generally They're going to have to spend An awful lot mm. of money Something that Alan mentioned Was Giovanni Van Bronckhorst Statement Yesterday uh, Andy, see when you do a job like this, it becomes a great hobby to try and read between the lines, try and look at interpretations of things and and how what words, what's been said, what's not been said. And he, the one line that seems to be causing the most debate like that on Twitter, I faced unique challenges and some very difficult circumstances to operate in. Now I've seen people going, ah, see, something's not right behind the scenes. He wasn't backed. He wasn't given the money. It wasn't Ross Wilson signing the players. And other people are saying. No, he means he had bad injuries. Shrug your shoulders and, and move on. How do you read that sentence? Could be both, but I've said it numerous times again that for the money Rangers generated in the sale of Nathan Patterson, the sale of Calvin Bassey, the European run, the Champions League at the start of the season, £11 million wasn't enough for me to strengthen the squad. So I do think Giovanni Van Bronckhorst was let down in that aspect. And listen, he was let down with the players that were underperforming. He was unlucky with injuries he got. Ross Wilson... Has he done a great job in terms of recruiting players? No. 
he was let down with the board in terms of the budget he got as I said but it's the harsh reality of managing football and managing big football clubs you have poor results you have poor performances you're going to lose your job and that's why it's just unfortunate they did mm, what gives you optimism that he's the man Alan? well uh, just what's been said in the past and then to have a professional football player on tonight saying that his work behind the scenes is the best he's ever worked with he's obviously got something and and on the point of Ross Wilson I think I was on about three weeks ago and said the same and I think a lot of Rangers fans have said the same how much influence has he got as in I can't believe still to this day and Gio's away now we've got five coaches on the bench and we never ever signed anybody for Holland I find that amazing yeah I mean Roger <laughs> Any managerial appointment comes with a a, a bigger picture behind it. Um, but I suppose on one hand, if Giovanni van Bronckhorst is the fall guy and, and you take you know so much attention in the last few months on discussing his role, it's understandable that you then put equal amount of focus on the guy that's coming in. Can he do better than Giovanni van Bronckhorst? But should we be spending more time looking at other places, whether it is recruitment, relationship with the board well, or whatever. Not tonight, we should no, because tonight the hope for all Rangers fans is that the appointment of Michael Beale will right all the wrongs of the last six months um, the belief is that among Rangers fans is that Michael Beale will get more of a song out of these players than Giovanni did they'll be fitter under Michael Beale than they were under Giovanni, they will close the gap on Celtic that currently stands at nine points um, he'll get more out of guys that he knows The Ryan Kents The Alfredo Morelos's People like that So that tonight is the hope for Rangers fans um, If those things don't happen Then that's when they need to look under the bonnet A little bit more, a little bit more intensely And find out what can be done within the club To help Michael Beale Who in particular Did he have strong relationships with Andy Halliday? <laughs> Player wise It's funny you said that Because I've already made An early prediction That come the 15th of December That Glenn Kamara Will be in the start Is that his favourite? I'd say so Glenn Kamara Joe Aribo I always thought Was his two favourites But which, two, which, two great trainers Which then would That's in stark contrast Then to what's Gone on previously That Straight away Is a big difference By changing the manager Because who knows What was going on With Glenn Kamara previously I know yeah. there was an injury In there but And I think that's Going to be the optimism That He's worked with these players He's going to get the best Out of players that have Underperformed mm. this season Your Alfredo Morelos Your Ryan Kent Your Glenn Camaras. I think that is going to be A big optimism for Rangers fans That you know, they'll feel as if Michael Beale is the man To get the best Out of the players he's got At the club Should Rangers fans Temper their expectations On that If you And I don't even need to name Individuals Just generally If you've been having A really difficult season can you just switch it on like that? Or or is that what they mean by managerial bounce then? How how quickly can that happen? I think it can be difficult, but I do think he's got the luxury of um, three weeks from now to uh, that game against Hidge, which I think is, is perfect for him. He's got three weeks of training. He's got a lot of time in the training field where, like I've touched on, I think that's where Michael Beale's at his best. So I think one thing I will say is that team will be well prepared come that game. And like Roger says, it is a difficult period, but... I think that's what he want. I think he want these tough games to come thick and fast, and then going into that January mm. transfer window, can he improve the squad further going how, into the end of the season? How important is this three week period? Then I think there's some comments tonight. In fact, I'll, I'll play some of them for you after the news. He's been speaking for the first time tonight to Rangers TV, um, and I believe there's something in there about this being a sort of mini pre season. When Michael Beale and Stephen Gerrard first came in, 
How important was that first period, that initial block, and do you think that might try and be replicated to an extent in the next yeah, three weeks? I think it's it's massively important. I don't think in a week you can fully go over your ideas of how your team wants to play, in possession, out possession, get fitter, get bodies back for injury, and I think that three-week period, you can sort of fit in all of that, really. I think you look at the, the likes of Tom Lawrence, Kamar Roof, all these players that have had injuries and... You know, they've got that three week period of getting closer and closer to get back in the training field and being contention for the game. In terms of his style, I'm sure he can stamp that authority in the next three weeks as well. That's I think that'll be huge for him as well. That we haven't discussed tonight getting these players fit and playing because if everybody at Ibrox is fit, it's a very strong squad. It's a deep squad. But there's been so many key players out. Kemar Roof you touched upon, Glenn Kamara you touched upon, Yanis Hadji's not been seen since January. Philip Hollander's not been seen since March or April time. John Souter's played one game in his Rangers career. Ben Davis has been in and out of the squad. I could go on and on and on. Young Leon King was hurt in the last game, you know, against St Mirren before the break. The, the medical department and the new manager desperately need to get these players back onto the pitch. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the slash football. Beat the pundit time Even Michael Beale knows This is a big deal If he knows this footballing landscape The way that everyone says He will know how important Beat the pundit is Especially on a Monday night In your absence When you've been away A couple of weeks ago He lost again Ah Roger On a tiebreaker so, This minus one thing Has to go Andy You um, know it Changing times In here Changing times well, changing, This has to go Changing time Changing hairline I wonder You've fought two things you've been, you've been away So your focus has been elsewhere You've not been able to sleep yeah, the same. You've, Roger, he's had to sleep sitting upright yeah. because of this new head. Does quite often does that between two and six on a Saturday. Um, are you going to be up to speed? Do you think? I'm be... worried. I've got to be yeah. honest. I'm worried. I think as well. If there's a couple of World uh, Cup questions, I've not watched a lot of football. Mm. But listen, I want to see this man play. I keep saying it. Well, he's playing when I'm not here. Let's find out. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. And the beat the pundit lines close at seven. Come on down. Tackle the headlines. 0141951 Play one super scoreboard. Andy Halliday, Roger Hanna, both here, both waiting to take your calls, whether it is on the appointment of Michael Beale or something entirely different, please do get in touch. 0141951 But before we take any of your calls, let's do this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Yes, beat the pundit time. I'm looking forward to this because there once was a time when these two were beat the pundit royalty. Royalty, I tell you, but Roger Hanna's lost a couple. He does start on minus one, a victim of his own success. Andy Halliday, who knows? We've not even seen him in ages. He's, he's come back with a full new head of hair. He's been in Turkey. He's. He's last last time we saw him he was one of these sort of utility players Roger Hanna now he's a free scoring all over the place I mean what many goals you got in the last couple of games you up to three in the last five three? I mean four, honestly four, headers five, four, as well what, what happened to Samson when he cut his hair that's true he lost his power yeah I yeah. think the opposite is going to happen because yeah. now he's going to have more hair so it'll weigh him down so he won't be able to jump and head on the ball wasn't quite good, as effectively it wasn't good timing that's for sure mm. I mean you sent me The unfortunate thing This doesn't work on radio But you sent me a picture Post-surgery And you looked like You had gone pretty, 12 rounds With Tyson Fury What was the script? I'd say Avatar 2 I think so <laughs> December the 16th You'd look as if I had a part in that Every bit of your face Was swollen Is that Normal? 
and it starts for your forehead but it like gradually goes down so when I sent that picture it was right on top of my eyes and it oh wasn't it pretty of the uh, of the boys seeing you at the or something I love it yeah you were back it. today weren't you yeah back today I loved it good response very good I was delighted any, with it to be, any, to be any, honest with you any teammates thinking of following you over there one did <gasps> in the same window I don't want to out him though I don't know if right but here's the thing right about this I think I know who it is but if I know I must have read it somewhere well if you, so know, I think if it's you name public. him and it's true I'll say yes or is no. it Barry Mackay no because I thought I read that and I thought but there's nothing wrong with his head here no, why is not, that is, it, is this the first question to beat this yeah, is, Liam Boyd? I hope so because I'll get it right who else has had a hair transplant anyway right let's bring in Tony and Johnson sorry Tony we're talking some amount of nonsense how are you I'm good, thank you. How are you guys? Yeah, not bad, not bad at all. What's been happening? You know, it's a bit of a quiet time. You're a Celtic fan, for instance, so you're just sitting back and listening, I'm sure. And you've been watching the World Cup? I have been watching the World Cup, and if I'm being honest, I've been a wee bit disappointed with some of the games. I know. It's, it's, although I must admit I don't know if Tony And the other Celtic fans it was You can always make it About us if we want Roger yeah. Particularly when it was Juranovic Against Alistair Johnson It was at Celtic's Current right back Versus possibly Their new right back Did that tickle your fancy Tony? After the first Canada go I was kind of hoping The Canada right back <laughs> Would be a new right back But um, We'll see what happens In the January window I suppose yeah, I didn't think Juranovic looked that clever at that goal, as you're, as you're saying, Tony, yesterday. But um, they came back. Did he go on and set one up? I think, didn't he? Yeah, he kind of came into the game. Of course he did. But mm. and Alistair Johnson will be an interesting signing. I believe he's he's on his way. Is follow, that imminent? Yeah. Yeah, following Yuki Kobashashi in. So, and this is another thing. Everything's inextricably linked in Glasgow. We're talking about you know Rangers in the transfer window. That's two defenders mm. Celtic have already got in really for January. Were you shaking your head? Had you not even heard about this? No, no, I oh, have. Right. I'll tell you after I beat the pod. It'll take too much time. Mm. Okay. Right. Uh, heads, it will be Roger Hanna, minus one. Tails, it will be Andy Halliday, plus new hair. Let's see who we get on. Yes, and it is as well. It's the man back Me? from Turkey. It's Tails. embarrassing. What? What's embarrassing I've about never that? Seen, I've done about 20 Listen, shows now with Roger. I've never seen him beat the pod. Right. That strength of feeling would carry a lot more weight if you hadn't missed about the last six shows. So just take your. Take your place But we've still done a lot of shows On the beat the pundit starting right, line um, Right Tony I'll give him some Music nice and loud Oh Andy can still hear me He's very honest as well Look at that A man of great integrity Producer Chris will just press some magic buttons it's Just changed Just changed Perfect good We've made him disappear Tony 30 seconds Answer as many as you can And pass if you don't know Okay Perfect Perfect Right let's go 30 seconds on the clock And your time Starts Now Who's managed more games for Celtic, Ange Postacoglu or Ronnie Dyla? Ronnie Dyla. Who was Stephen Gerrard's assistant manager when he was at Rangers? Gary McAllister. Name either player who's currently joint top scorer at the World Cup with three goals. Richardson. Who's the only club team Lee Griffiths had two spells with? Dundee. Name any club through to the fourth round of the Scottish Cup that are not in the SPFL. From United. Which SPFL team play their home games at the Billy Bowie Special Projects Stadium? Come back. Okay, Andy, can you hear us? Yes. Tony's good. I'm not going to lie to you. Tony right, is decent. Ready? Yep. Let's do it. Who's managed more games for Celtic? Ange Postacoglu or Ronnie Dyla? Ronnie Dyla. Who was Stephen Gerrard's assistant manager when he was at Rangers? Kevin McAllister. Name either player who's currently joint top scorer at the World Cup with three. Yeah, Valencia. Name the only club team Lee Griffiths had two spells with. Hibs. Name any club through to the fourth round of the Scottish Cup that's not in the SPFL. Dumbchapel. Which SPFL team play their home games at the Billy Bowie Special Project Stadium? Come on up. 
Which Scotland player scored an own goal against Brazil at the France 98 World Cup? Colin Henry. Oh. No, it's no, it's no. <laughs> Tony, what's the verdict? I think you might have got me with the last one there. Oh, I not don't think Tom so. Boyd, Tom Boyd, don't you worry about that. You used to share the studio with Big Braveheart, did you not? He'll be on the phone, right? Ronnie Dyla has managed more games than Ange. You both got it. Gary McAllister, Rangers assistant, both got it. The joint top scorers at the World Cup are Kylian Mbappe and Enner Valencia. So Andy Halliday goes one in front. However, Lee Griffiths, I feel like a bit it's Dundee. No, it's that he's played twice at Hibs. You know, I'm starting to wonder if producer Chris has done you in with it. Well, they'd have been loan spells, wouldn't they? Oh, you didn't <laughs> no, say that. I, 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 I thought Hibs was right. I think a steward's inquiry on that Lee Griffiths one. Is I must two admit. spells at Hibs? Ah, I must admit. Right, hold on. We'll get back to that. Name any club through to the fourth round of the Scottish Cup that play below the SPFL. I think you both went for Drumchapel, didn't you? Um, that was right, obviously, on both counts. Uh, you had the choice of Darvold, Drumchapel and Lithgorows Or University of Stirling Yes Roger, indeed we had, I had a tweet in from Brian earlier Who wanted that mentioned The first university team to make it to the fourth round It's a double first The first university team to make it to the fourth round And the first time Mark Wilson's got a prediction right in a Saturday show He predict that, yeah? Yep. He did that actually was actually yeah, That was like just now for a shock Um Right, hold on a minute. I'm on Lee Griffith's Wikipedia, right? Which, uh, granted, other more reliable sources uh, are out there. When were the two separate Hibs spells? He was on loan and signed permanent, did he not, Roger? Well, so, so he just stayed at Hibs then? That's not two spells, is it? Did he, did he not go back Fair to enough. his other club before signing permanent? Yeah. No. Mm, Chris, Listen, why have you done this to me? I don't have a dog in this fight. I'm not bothered. But did he though? So he went back and played games for Wolves. I, I, I don't know that. Oh I don't know goodness. if that's true or not. Nightmare, right? Billy Bowie Special Project Stadium is Kilmarnock. You both got it, so it's still level. And if you just got, first ever. if you just got Tom Boyd, I know that's sure. Do you know what it was? I, I heard the countdown was ticking down. I tried to answer it quickly when you can just finish that question anyway. So I wanted another question and I've messed up. <sighs> right, so we're gonna we we'll just go to the tiebreaker. <laughs> I'm the worst type I know you are world, Right Tony. here's the deal Tony I'll read the question I'll get Andy to write his answer down And I'll then invite you To give me Your attempt Alright No problem How many red cards Have been shown At World Cups From Germany 2006 Up until now So how many red cards Have been shown At World Cups From Germany 2006 Up until Now <sighs> A tricky one So what's that How many tournaments Is that Roger Hanna What's that going to be okay. Five uh, Tony what do you think I'm going to go 28 28 Says Tony Andy Haldy's got 50 So there's quite a difference there And I can tell you The answer is 59 Andy Halliday Finally wins a tiebreaker Unlucky Tony Tell you what Tony You played well Cheers, mate. Cheers. Good man. I thought Tony was good. I played yeah, well. I thought you, I'd have, I thought I'd done well. I thought you, I'd have won. Comfortably. You were both decent, and um, and it means we don't need to do the awkward Lee Griffiths post-match analysis. I I actually think the question's fine. I don't. I'm not having that as two separate spells at Hibs for me. But if they're loans and all that. But anyway, mm-hmm. you won. Yeah. Feels good. 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 Feels good. Good. Good to have you back. Right. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. If you would like to hear some of Michael Beale's first comments since. Being named Rangers manager uh, Here we are He's been speaking to Rangers TV In the last couple of hours 
and here's what he had to say. It's fantastic to be back to see everybody this morning. Some new faces, but obviously some people that I know really well. So it's great to be back and, and see everyone. I'm hugely proud. It's a wonderful, wonderful football club. It's an institution. And for anyone that works here, it's a huge privilege. But to obviously be the manager, the head coach at the football club, that's extremely special. And some wonderful people have sat in this chair prior to me. And I'm hugely proud to be the person sat here now. I'm a different person, obviously, in the time that I left. I've had different experiences in the Premier League and then being a manager in the Championship. I feel that I'm more than ready, more than equipped, even more so uh, to do the job here than what I was a year ago when I departed the club. So I'm delighted to be back. I'm here to win. That's the most important thing. I'm here to win for this club, for the fans, with these players, but also to win with style in a way that, that makes the fans excited. Well, look, obviously at this stage it's words, Roger, but what more can the man do on, on day one? Um, but that last bit's kind of what Rangers fans who phoned this show said wasn't happening. First of all, the style wasn't there. You can maybe stomach that if the results are still there. Yeah. When neither are there as a Rangers manager, it just won't last very long. Yeah, what, what you need to do first, and Andy can correct me if I'm saying anything wrong here, what you simply need to do first is win games. That's the priority, win games. Um, try and claw back that nine point deficit on Celtic You'll have an opportunity perhaps prior to the Old Firm game on the 2nd of January Big, big opportunity at Ibrox on the 2nd of January to claw back some points So winning is a priority If you can then add a little bit of style to those victories All the better But the problem for Giovanni van Bronckhorst was He was losing too many games Drawing too many games Wasn't winning enough games So... That was the, that's why Giovanni Vibroncos Gordon is no longer in the job and Michael Beale, he's been at Angels in the past and he's been there long enough to know that winning comes first. Yeah, well, listen, I agree with it. Um, and it'll be interesting to, if there's any comments on what his remit is for the rest of the season because for me, you know, I think Celtic are, are, are heavy, heavy favourites to go on and win the league. But I do think there will be an onus on trying to win the Scottish Cup and retain the Scottish Cup that they won last year. It will be difficult because for me, Celtic are, are, are a better team than Rangers just right now. But will that change? Will that change in January? Will they get a pot of money to go and spend and strengthen the squad? We'll soon see. A League Cup as well, remember? Semi-final yep. New Year against Aberdeen could be a final against Celtic. Yep, Scottish it's be a big one. Scottish Cup draw tonight. I'm looking forward to that very much. Yeah. Uh, let's hear a bit more from that Rangers TV chat with Michael Beale talking a bit here about well, Stephen Gerrard, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, the players... It means I know what it took to get there. Before that, that took a lot of hard work and hardship as well. And sometimes when you have a big low, the next thing that happens, you have your greatest high. I learned that from Stephen Gerrard. That was his words to me in a, in a difficult time here. I want to mention Stephen because he's a great friend and obviously the journey I had here before and the reason that I may be back here now is because he brought me to the club in the first instance. He did a fantastic job in that period. Gio came in and won a cup and got to a Europa League final, which was an unbelievable achievement. He took us all on that journey as fans of the club and followers of the club. He greatly excited us all. And there was a number of players that are here that have been on both them journeys. In the last 18 months, we've won a league unbeaten. We've won a Scottish Cup and we've also played in the Europa League final. So this group of players, in my eyes, are winners. And it's important we continue to win moving forward. I mean, Roger, I'm having good fun here reading social media. The QPR fans are feeling very different about Michael Beale tonight than, than the Rangers fans are. He, what was it, a couple of weeks ago spoke about 
you know, loyalty and after turning wolves down and all the rest of it, that can annoy QPR fans, it can annoy neutral observers, it can annoy people in, in the media, particularly down south, to the Rangers fans, if anything, they like that because they're thinking, well, good, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we have some sort of pull um, that the, the English Premier League didn't. And it, yeah, if someone's been disloyal but they come to you, you don't tend to be that concerned about it But in three months time If Michael Beale has a Saturday off And he goes round The Aston Villa supporters pubs in Birmingham Then you know That'll be a different kettle of fish altogether I can understand why QPR fans are annoyed I thought it was ill-judged What Michael Beale did the other week um, It doesn't matter who you are If there is a manager Under pressure As Giovanni Van Bronckhorst was Under fierce pressure At the time in that Aberdeen game and you would be seen as a leading candidate to replace him, as Michael Beale was, and indeed, as it's turned out, he was a man to replace him. I thought it was ill-judged to come up and be so in the public eye the way he was, um, not just at the game, but you know, going round well-known supporters' pubs. I thought that was ill-judged, and it's probably soured the way he's parted from QPR in the eyes of QPR supporters. What do you make of some of those clips we've played, Andy? I'm putting this disclaimer in before someone deliberately misrepresents it. This does not win you points. It certainly won't win you trophies. It is just a small observation. The Rangers fans used to tweet me all the time and say they couldn't be bothered listening to Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. They didn't like listening to him. I don't suspect they'll have the same issue with Michael Beale. I think they like the way he communicates. Again, Points are more important than all that stuff I completely acknowledge that mm-hmm. But that's just the, f- the first thing I think when, it, when I hear some of that stuff Yeah, listen, he's a good talker I think you can take that away from it I thought he handled the interview well He, you know, he, he referenced you know, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst The job he'd done Stephen Gerrard for taking him to the club in the first place And listen, we've seen from the calls tonight I don't think everyone's bought into the appointment on its own But I don't think there's any doubt Come the 15th of December When it's that game against Hibs At, at Ibrox, everyone will be, uh, be behind him in the team A lot of we. Kept saying we News mm, as well Well Yeah but A couple it, of wee news You know He's trying to get the point across there That he feels part of the Rangers family And has done since his time there Under Stephen Gerrard You know He, he was still a, a fan of Rangers While he was away working for Aston Villa And QPR And you know Now, now he's back at, at the club he, he always wanted to work for Sort of thing And he is back There's no point talking about others Th- This is what's happening He's Rangers manager On a three and a half year deal Big job to do And he might well prove To be the man to do it mm, Let's bring in Tariq Who's on the line How's it going What's your point tonight uh, Good evening panel uh, I'd just like to say uh, I'm So happy tonight Because uh, Michael Beale signed And also So happy that you've got Andy Halliday on the show tonight because that guy had me in stitches when I was watching him and he and let me tell you he's fantastic he's got great knowledge of football and he's a great guy to have on the show well, I thought you meant he had you in stitches when you watched him play and I thought, I thought that's what he meant for that him can't be me getting compliments uh, from no, can he be exactly um, what is it you like about the Michael Beale appointment Tariq what I like about the Michael Beale appointment is, I said that before, I don't know if it was yourself or somebody else I was telling, that he knows how to get into the players' brains. He's like a bit, he's a wee bit like a scientist, I think. And I think it'll be good, and they will improve players, and they'll get the best out of them. And I, to believe, believe it or believe it not, I was very disappointed in the way that the board treated Giovanni Van Bronckhorst He's a legend, 
and they actually hung him out to dry. And I was so sad to see him leave because he he, he never got a fair crack at the whip. It's only yeah. a, only a week, Roger. I think, isn't it, since Giovanni Van Bronckhorst officially uh, left? Yeah, we spent the yeah. first week sort of speculating about yeah. it of the break. Um, a week's a long time in football, and it, it does it moves on very quickly, doesn't it? Uh, well, listen, of course it does, and you, you know, I, I always thought there would be managerial changes, not necessarily at Rangers, but during this World Cup break, because it allows clubs who haven't been as successful as they would have liked in the opening weeks of the season, it allows them to hit the reset button and go again. Rangers have done it, the Van Bronckhorst era, and, and it was only a year, it's only a month, two or three days over a year, you know, he, 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 Giovanni did seem to pack an awful lot into 12 months as Rangers manager. Um, he's gone and Michael Beale is back at the club and it's going to be fascinating to see h- how he does and the changes he makes. Um, there is scope to make changes, as we say, there's, you know, there's nine players out of contract, there might be bids for other players. Other players might go as well. And it'll allow, allow him really now an opportunity to shape the squad in the way he wants. There will be changes. And he's already speculated, you know, Glenn Kamara could be central to it again, which he never really was under Giovanni. And there might be other guys there that he's worked with in the past that have become peripheral figures that we see far, far mm. more of going forward. It'll be really interesting to see. And also... You know, will he bring players from QPR? Will he bring players from Aston Villa? Has he got a long list of guys down there that he, he would like to sign? Maybe didn't get the opportunity to sign at QPR for financial reasons that now come into his um, Lyndon Dykes area. Listen, could be. Who knows? We see a return to the Scottish Premiership, uh, and I feel like the two players who are getting the biggest focus in terms of can Michael Beale improve them or get more out of them. Is Ryan Kent and Alfredo Morelos yeah. Probably a couple of reasons Because they have hit High Points before That they're not at at the moment mm-hmm. And then there's that contract thing as well So do you think, can, can Michael Beale Change anything Contractually For, for them Is can, can that appointment Do anything Can it change those scenarios And How much will his Arrival G those players up Or maybe particularly In the case of Alfredo Morelos Does that need to come more from him I think in terms of an upturn in the players' players' form, I do think there will be. I think Ryan Kent especially because I think Michael Beale and Stephen Gerrard brought him to the club. They worked under him uh, at Liverpool. I think when they were obviously in charge, they got the best out of him as a player, especially in that last season. Uh, in terms of Alfredo Morelos, I think there's still you know a lot of a lot goes into his fitness. Where's his fitness at? He needs game time, and and the fact of the matter is, regardless, I think when Michael Beale comes in, I, I do think it's still Antonio Cholak's jersey to lose. Uh, Sorry, what was the other no, point, Gordon? Uh, contractually. Con- contractually, sorry. Yeah, for me, I just think that's just a nightmare scenario. I do. I don't. I think if you've got two of your main three key assets at the club over the last three, four years, to allow them to go into the last seven months uh, of their contract, potentially losing them on free transfers, I just think it's a nightmare scenario. And I then think, they're not informed. Yeah, which... I, th- I, I think in the summer, it was saying a contract, or we're going to try and get a fee for you. That's me personally. Now... When Michael Beale comes in, as if there's an upturn uh, turn of form, where does their future lie? Do they want to stay at Rangers? I don't. I'm not too sure. But listen, I think Rangers want to get them back to their top form first and foremost. Who who would give Morelos a contract? You say right now. Rangers are there any other club? Right, right now, you know nah, it, they want. Trollack was injured and missed that St Mirren game. Alfredo Morelos was dreadful. He was absolutely dreadful, and he has been dreadful all season. Doesn't look interested. He looks overweight, doesn't look as if he wants to put the work in. And this is going to be a problem because 
you know, it might, well, I say it's going to be a problem. Maybe Michael Beale will come in and transform him. And he's going to be as good as he's ever been for Rangers. And then you've got an argument about whether you give him a contract, whether he goes and signs for someone else. At the minute, no one will give him yeah. a contract. No because, one. Um, we're a bit pushed for time, but something I want to get your insight on, Andy. If Very generally, you would look back and say, well, Michael Beale and Steven Gerrard got a lot out of Alfredo Morelos and therefore that can be replicated. I'm going to guess, though, that, well, pub, in fact, there was there were public times as well, but also privately, they had issues with him at times as well, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, they did. But I think a lot of that was down to his discipline issues more so than I actually think that the two, the, the, the two of them in particular got him at his fittest. I think that year that he did score the 14 goals mm. in Europe, for me, he was a different specimen, a different body shape. I thought he was really, really fit. And listen, it might sound a bit silly, but a lot of it is down to, you know, he still doesn't speak fluent English and Michael Beale being a, a, a Portuguese speaker, he actually can speak to him, can he get through to him that way? And, I, you know, that's the finer details, but can that help? Who knows? How, how does it need a Portuguese speaker? To, to, I thought Morello spoke to Spanish. Or yeah, but no, but he can still speak. He's been here four years. I know, I know. Listen, I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah. Uh, for me, he should be speaking English You'd by now, but it'll help. Azerbaijani. He was there for no, two I minutes. Guess. Right, we'll no. need to pick this up later because we're extremely late. Thank you to Tarek. We'll take more calls next. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna are here It's 01419511025 Or it is Twitter at Clyde SSB We're about to speak to Russell on the line in just a second So we will do that Let me give you tonight's full time teaser I'm a bit late But I don't think you two Statos, anoraks, football geeks uh, Will need too long on this one I think it's quite simple It's been sent in by Derek And talk. Look, how, how perfectly timed is this? It is all about Group H of the World Cup Who wow. played today In fact there's a game on the screen right now Which I'm not sure if this makes it any easier Or not Can you name the last 10 Rangers or Celtic players Who are from any of the countries in Group H? Bruno Alves Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay Or South Korea Can you name the last 10 Rangers or Celtic players Who are from any of the Group H nations Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, South Korea Andy, you said Bruno Alves, and you were correct, Roger. Diego Laxalt. Is that who you've? Is that who you're going to model your hair on? No, no, actually, no. It will, it will not be that good. No, no, I can see it now, Roger Hanna. Winter break, twenty twenty four. Shane Duffy's. Ha- no, no, it'll maybe someone else. Craig Halkett pictured, given Andy <laughs> Halliday braids at the side of a pool at Portobello, uh, when Hearts have had a dip in form. I can see it now. Yeah, Diego Laxalt's on the list. Well done. Daniel Candace. Daniel Candace. Okay, we'll leave it there. I think you two will scoosh this. Thank you to Derek, who got in touch via email, fulltime at Clyde1.com. That's where you send the full-time teasers. And it's 10 players, the last 10 Rangers or Celtic players, who are from a Group H nation from the World Cup. So that's Portugal and Uruguay, who are currently drawing 0-0 after 32 minutes. Uh, or it is Ghana or South Korea, who played earlier. Yeah. Uh, I saw you do that thing, Andy Halliday, that lots of football fans do five minutes or so ago when Cristiano Ronaldo lined up a free kick and he's got the stance and the big sigh and the whole world waits, but he never scores them and he no. just hit it off the top of the wall. And Why do we still think he might? I know, there was a, a, there was a stat not that long ago, but he had something like 150 free kicks or something about scoring. Something. Messi's had a couple of 
free kick right outside the, the yeah. day where you think this is in and he's actually got a decent record has he not yeah, the he's, last well, he's got years. a better record that's um, for sure I just saw it as what, there we are at World Cups or Euros he's had 53 direct free kicks and scored one it was a spectacular one though was it not, in, was it not against Spain Stephen King yeah, the, the last, three, the three, last three World Cup um, but yeah 53 direct free kicks at a World Cup or Euros and one has found in it is anyone else going to be brave enough to take them off him though no uh, right, let's go back to Russell Who's in East Kilbride Russell, what's your take then on, on this appointment Or maybe what you've heard initially from Michael Beale? Uh, good evening gentlemen uh, Thanks for taking my call Pleasure uh, I, Yes, my point was uh, you, you played a couple of clips uh, From uh, the interview with uh, Michael Beale, mm-hmm. uh And you also discussed the we's and the you's And Obviously, before the break, there I was wondering if any of you had picked up. He mentioned these group of players, this group of players, these group of players, you know, uh, uh, several times. I'm going. Mm, is this an indication of you're going to be expected to be work with this group of players until basically we can give you some backing? Um, and our point was. Michael Beale coming in. Listen, you know, Gio is, is a fantastic man and really nice. Uh, and you know, he did a lot for us and with us. However, I think Michael Beale will be able to come in. He will galvanise these players and get them playing a little bit more attacking football, uh, playing a bit more sensible and a bit more, kind of, a bit more pride. Yeah, I love it, Roger. I do love it um, when we really, we proper analyse the words that are used, and if they carry an extra weight yeah. or extra meaning. Russell's, you know, referring to uh, Michael Beale saying, you know, this group, this group, this group. Is that some sort of indication that it's about you know the players that are there right now rather than any new? But I guess it has to be just now because well, the transfer window's not. Open. I was going to say there's going to be five games that he's going to have to use this group of players before he gets an opportunity to bring anyone in the January transfer window, and you know. <laughs> Privately, Michael Beale will have his own thoughts on the squad and the individuals within the squad. He might not fancy some of them. He might think some of them are world beaters. Um, but for now, he knows he's going to have to take this group of players with him at least for the next five games until the transfer window opens. So I think he was quite wise speaking like that. Yeah, Andy, I think it was that first clip he said, I'm here to win with this group of players. Like, you know, whether we... Be putting too much emphasis on that, or is that first of all then part of your management to galvanise those players that are there and, and make it all about them? I, I don't know. And there's nothing to say that there's someone that's completely out the picture just now that Michael Beale will go in and take a fancy to and end up being a part of the plans moving forward. I think Glenn Kamara, you said it earlier, you think he I do feel as if he'll be one because I knew he was he was a player rated very highly and and uh, you know nine times out of ten he was certainly in the team when when uh, when Michael Beale was here in the first instance. But listen, we'll find out more about that. There, there's no doubt that. Listen, Michael Beale jumped at the chance to take the job, but I've no doubt that he's asked the question to the board, do I have a budget to bring in players in January? If not, is it it so focused working with this group from now to the summer? So I do think that's uh, what we'll find more of. But Roger's right. Listen, he's got to work with these players in five massive games for now to the January window even opens. So I think he's so focused uh, to get the bounce out of the players he's got just now. I think there's any temptation to go in and... You know, Glenn Kamara's... Not quite in this category because he's been an established player before, but I don't know, maybe any of the young players, I don't know if that's Alex Lowry or someone else, do you yeah. think, think you can go in and, and make a make a bit of a statement by including some players like that? 
personally I'd love to see it you know I always welcome any Scottish clubs to, to look at their youth system and give younger boys a chance and you know you only need to look as far as Nathan Patterson like we touched on was it 12 first team appearances he made before he got a 12 million pound move to Everton uh, Leon Kings came in the team and inconsistent but had a lot of good performances probably Rangers best player going to Anfield even though it was a, a, a tough night for the uh, the team on that night so there's talent there Alex Lowry someone we've seen sort of drip feed in and out of the team and for me he's always performed well when he's played Charlie McCann's another one so I think Michael Beale will look at it in the hole and you know Roger mentioned nine players out of contract you know in time Michael Beale's probably looked like you know what four or five of them I probably won't want to keep uh, past this season so then can I look at the younger players to come in and replace them mm. do you not think Andy though you've been interested in them you've seen managers change when managers come in first thing managers normally do is they get the experienced players together and they put the experienced players in the team and if the experienced players don't do it then they can take them out and put the kids in but if you come in and put the kids in makes it a lot harder if the kids don't do it to then turn around and go back to the experiencing players and say, listen, I know I didn't put you in the team to begin with, but you couldn't come and do me a turn, please. So I, I think initially he'll go back to the tried and trusted. There's no doubt there's a potential can do that, but I mean, Alex Lowry's 20-year-old, do you know what I mean? I don't think he's not a kid. He's, I, and listen, he's got limited experience, so you're, yeah. you're quite right, you might go with the guys that have played 400, 500 games. But why not? I know why not just go and play them? Because yeah, well, some of these experienced players that you're probably mentioning have already played 15 games this year. They've not been at their yeah. best or not performing, so why not give your right. boys a chance? Tactically, give us the quick version if you like. What does. Well, it might be different, by the way. Yeah, maybe, that's what might, I was going to say. Might, it could might, be. might be completely different, okay. But based on that first spell, tactically, what do you expect from Michael Beale? What does his system do, and how does it differ from the one that we've watched Rangers implement this season? Well, from the first uh, first spell, it's four three three. We are narrow front three, and both fullbacks had the license to get up and down all the time. I think that's something that changed a little bit under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. I think it was wingers more high and wide. I don't think we quite seen Borna Barris uh, Barris been as adventurous on the left hand side. Likewise, James Tavernier certainly this season not being adventurous on the right hand side. But like he says, it could be completely different. I think from from what I heard, I think it was slightly different when he went to QPR. Obviously, with Lyndon Dykes played a little bit more with a target man, sometimes paired him with him. I think he went to a three at the back a, a, a few times as well. So who knows? For me, I think he's going to go in, see what he's working with in the three-week period, and then go from there. From, from a selfish tabloid point of view, am I allowed to call it Beal Ball? Uh, <laughs> mm, I think the jury's out with these things I, always, I, isn't I, it? I'd like that. And Andy, you'll know, is it Michael or is it Mick? Well, I think it was yeah, Mick. It is Mick, isn't yeah, it? it was I, Mick, I, I must admit, I've just been consistently calling him Michael because I feel I just feel wrong to me because I don't well, know I mean, the Mike, guy. Yeah, but Michael's then, his name, but he, he was no, but, called but, Mick. Yeah, I feel as if you call him Michael because I don't really know him. Well, that's what I'm saying. But the, but I mean, by all accounts, it's, it seems to be Mick. You know, like most people, and I'm breaking my own. I'm contradicting myself here because I don't I don't call him Mick. Just don't call him Ian. That'd be worse. Call him Mick. Yeah. 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 Um, maybe that could be the first question at his press conference whenever he's unveiled as they say is it Mick or Michael just quickly before we go would you prefer Mick or Michael the really important issues that are you know oh hey don't knock it these are important issues awkward when he replies Mr Beale isn't it? yeah it's Mr Beale to you I hope not anyway Good right point. Um, 01419511025 thank you to Russell very quickly on that teaser we're looking for the last 10 Rangers or Celtic players who are from any of the Group H nations. Now tonight, Portugal are playing Uruguay, still goalless. Earlier on, Ghana, South Korea. You've got Bruno Alves, Diego Laxel, Andy's hair hero, uh, or Daniel Candeas. Can I start by fishing to see how far back we can go? No. 
<laughs> Nuno Capucho Too far back oh, Right okay right. Fabio Cardoso Well done What about Jota? How well has he done Since he left Rangers Yeah very well He's just starting in the Champions League for Porto yeah. They cruised through didn't they yeah. uh, Sorry I digress Jota uh, Yes of course I'll go with another Portuguese player For that period in time Dalcio Oh remember him How many times did he play by the way Can't Once, be many. once or twice no, I feel no, like he, de- he definitely played progress he, he, in the qualifier. Yeah, he did home, home leg. He either played at Hamilton or I'm just. I remember working, and it might just have been that the fans were sort of sarcastically cheering him as he was doing his warm up. I don't know if he got on or not, what but I've just got some memory. What about Daz's pal? Shadow. Which one? Shadow. Shadow well. uh, is on the list. All right, oh, we will leave fair. it there. We'll get the rest after. Uh, in the final part of tonight's show. But before we do anything, I want to run this past you. Mission Christmas It's J&D Pierce Structural steelwork specialists Proud to support the local community It is very much that time of the year It is a hotly contested race Out of everyone I know Between my wife and Andy Halliday To see who gets into the Christmas spirit first They both try round about the end of August So I think now that we're in late November It's very much that time of the year And if you have already donated to Cash for Kids Mission Christmas Appeal Thank you so much It is much appreciated However Unfortunately there is still a lot of money We need to raise A lot of work still to be done We know Christmas can be like It can be a tough time of year Any year And particularly with everything that's going on Cost of living crisis and so on uh, This year could be really tough For a lot of families We're talking one in two children In some parts of Glasgow in the West 50% live in poverty Which is a, I read that stat every night And, and still it's, it seems unbelievable uh, so we're just asking you to do whatever you can Try and make this Christmas just a bit different Not even talking about grand gestures Just trying to make it a bit of a different day For children right here on our doorstep Which is the important thing as well Let's hear a bit from Emma Granger from the Pavilion She's going to tell you what difference your money could make The Pavilion are a group based out in Easterhouse And they basically offer after school services Giving kids somewhere to go Allow them to have something to eat and drink And Emma has been telling us about some of the children she works with a lot of our young people have additional support needs such as autism and things like that. Parents are actually explaining to us that due to like issues with textures or a very limited um, diet of safe foods for the young person, they actually can't make changes um, to cut costs on food. And so parents are actually going without so that their children can eat. All we're asking is just to do whatever you can. If you go to Clyde1.com forward slash mission, that's where you can find out all the details. Thank you in advance if you can do anything at all. That's Cash for Kids Mission Christmas with J&D Pierce. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Into the home straight for Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday. Half time between Portugal and Uruguay where it is goalless. Another one of these games that we could be needing something. Although I must admit, Andy, we had a bit of the fear for Brazil-Switzerland. We watched it in the office before, and then what a goal that Brazil came up with to liven things up towards the end. Hopefully we get the same here. Yeah, it was a bit of a snooze fest, but Casemiro with a lovely bit of technique. And to be fair, it could end up a few goals mm. by the end. The last 10 minutes of the game is a bit stretched, but I know it's been unfortunate, Roger. I've not watched as much football as I'd like, so... Great 3-3 this morning with Cameroon and Serbia 3-2 this afternoon yeah. with Ghana and South Korea and you, you, you notice the way he perks up, Gordon Every time he sees Edinson Cavani again passing the screen <laughs> Those flowing locks going cannot, on behind him It's only a matter of time You'll have a hairband by pre-season um, Very quickly though um, I did want to get your thoughts on something And actually on another night that 
this this deserves longer than this but clearly when Rangers are, or Celtic appoint a new manager it's going to dominate things but I think as one of our only current pros on the, the roster if you like on Super Scoreboard Andy uh, I wonder what you made of that news today about new guidelines on heading uh, being introduced now we've seen this in the past at you know, youth football we're talking the, the top level we're talking you guys and it now looks like training exercises which could involve repeated heading of the ball are going to be limited to no more than once a week and that once a week should not take place the day before or after a game. So, well, traditionally, Friday, Sunday then, or whatever, um, if, unless it's a midweek game. So clubs have been told to plan and monitor heading activity and training to reduce the overall burden. Now, look, this is clearly backed by, by science. This is not a um, something they've just come up with. In fact, I think there was a survey that 64% of players believe that heading should be limited in training. Um, and, and the science clearly points to what harm it can do you guys later in life. How do you feel about that? Well, how I feel of it is probably different to what the science says. And listen, my opinion means nothing compared to science. And listen, dementia is a real issue. And we've seen it in the, the past footballers that suffer from it for, for excess heading, as the, as, the, as the scientists say. But one thing I'll say is it's disappointing for me because my goals are going to get halved with the amount that, of set-piece prowess that I've is had. True. But is, is, that the, is that the difficult thing to... to Almost get your head, no pun intended, around as a player because, look, you've done it all your days. It's clearly an integral part of the way football is played. Well, but, but do you do you ever pause to hear those stories and think that that could be me? You know that, yeah. that you know, on a you know a deadly serious note, I, that could be me. I don't, but I probably should because you're right. It could be anyone, and it could be me. And uh, I read earlier that Michael Beale's potentially hiring a set piece coach. I mean, set piece coaches are sort of everywhere in football now. and if you can only head the ball once a week, even that sort of gets limited because, listen, it's been in football for as long as I can remember that you always do set pieces the day before a game. So you That's think in, pra- in practical terms that will change? You would, so would be, you, well, usually do, you would usually do that on a Friday? Every single club I've ever been so at since I was 16-year-old, so that's going to change, that's going to adapt. But listen, football's constantly adapting, uh, adapting to the scientists, to, to the data that's coming out, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out now that you can... Is that right, once a week, you said? I think that's the oh, idea. Okay, Calcutt, I don't know what he's going to do, man. That's the idea. I mean, Roger, it is... I can understand if I was Dr Willie Stewart, who's been behind this study, um, Dr John McLean is well known at the Scottish FA... Any experts out there, they'd be saying, well, do you know what? Switching your training routine around is a, a drop in the ocean compared to degenerative disease that you might pick up later in life. So that you know that's yeah, yeah. important and, to remember. And the SFA have spoken to clubs and they've spoken to PFA Scotland, they've spoken to the players about this. And I can understand there will be people unhappy that their training regimes are changing and they don't agree this is the way forward. Um, I would ask anyone to go and look at the tweet today from Hayley McQueen. Sky Sports presenter Who is fully in favour of this Now Haley's father Gordon Played 30 times for Scotland He played for Manchester United He played for Leeds United He played for other clubs um, He is now suffering from vascular dementia And the McQueen family believe That, that years of <laughs> consistently Heading the ball During his football career Have contributed to his illness Now we're not trying to stamp Heading the ball out of football you watch the World Cup today, South Korea got a couple of goals from headers uh, as an important part of football. But that doesn't mean you can't cut back in it well, for health I, reasons I, du- during the course of the I week. was going to say, because we always try and, you know, balance argument, all that sort of stuff. And, and you said, you know, there might be people out there who, who don't think it's the right way to go. Is this one where actually there only is one right side to be on here? Because see, when you say people out there who don't think it's the right way to go, 
See if those people aren't experts on brain injury Then Their opinion isn't actually all that important Sorry Andy or anyone else <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Like it, it, It's not really for us or anyone Without that no, expertise l- 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 To disagree with It's a sensible course of action The clubs realise it you see 64% of players were, were in agreement with it as well um, If something is going to be brought in It's been brought in for all the right reasons And as Andy says Football adapts Football changes And in no time at all You know People think nothing more of the, of the new training regime And they'll never remember what, what they did with the previous regime You know This will just be the norm They can mm. do the set piece practice On a Thursday Is it really that big a sacrifice to make? If the medical professionals believe it's for the long term welfare of footballers, that hair transplant will last longer the yep. less you head of the ball. That's the way you look at it. And it shouldn't be so flippant, though, uh, on a very serious issue. Let's finish off with your answers to the teaser. Uh, you're looking for the last 10 Rangers or Celtic players who are from any of the Group H countries in the World Cup today Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, South Korea. You've got seven. Well, I, I've got to Roger's got a cracker, I'll let him kick it off. He's on this a lot, Roger, go on. Wakaso Mubarak. He pops up every now and then on the teaser, you know. Yeah, well done. Pedro Mendes. Yep, one more to go, easy one. Ki Sung Young. Ki Sung Young, and you knew two would squish this. Thank you, Andy Haldy. It was good to see you, Roger Hanna. Thank you. And as always, thanks for all your calls and tweets. That was a busy show, as, as you would expect, when one of our biggest clubs appoints a new manager. So if you couldn't get through, or you want to look forward a bit and think about next steps for Michael Beale and where we go going forward, tomorrow might be the night for you. 01419511025. Take it down. We'll speak to you then with Mark Wilson and Gordon DL. And Callum Gallagher is up next. <laughs>